We're on the road. Where transportation goes, community grows. Welcome to On the Road with the MTA. And welcome to another exciting edition of On the Road with the MTA. I'm Jay Gibbons alongside with Stephanie Kay from the MTA. How's Stephanie today? I am very well, Jay, and thanks for asking. I do love it when we come on together and we can do so much good for the community. And I have to say, you know, there's all kinds of oh, different events and functions taking place out there. And there's so many people that continue to support MTA. And I want to thank each and every one of you for that, because without your continued support, we could not provide the wonderful services that we do for our community, like free rides for the veterans. And we have free rides every single Sunday right now. And I have a guest on the line with us today who I just love. Her name is Katie Yellow. And I must say, that sounds like a made-up name for Hollywood, Katie Yellow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if it's her real name. I'm sure it is. But she understands the importance of transportation as well. Huge supporter of MTA. We're glad to have her on. She's also the director of Placemaking, which is the What's Up Downtown. And that's so cool because we have so much going on downtown Flint. Thank you for joining us, Katie. Thank you so much, Stephanie and Jay, for having me today. I'm so excited to be here. Like you said, um, I am a huge supporter of MTA um, and certainly understand as a writer myself the importance of public transportation in cities across, across the nation. So thank you guys so much for having me today. Well, I know our CEO, Ed Benning, just speaks the world of you. He said, that Katie is wonderful. She's such a passionate supporter of MTA. And I know you've been here for about a year, a year and a half, possibly. Where did you come from? Yep. So I um, was in Southern California on a special assignment, but um, I had lived in New Orleans, Louisiana for the past five years. So I moved here, um, all my stuff from Louisiana, um, right at the start of the pandemic, about a year. (laughs) I know. You poor thing. What brought you to Flint, Michigan? Yeah, I get asked that a lot. Um, I have a deep connection to um, mural programs across the world. Um, It's a placemaking tool and one that I really hyper-focused on for many years. And um, because your program here, the Flint Public Art Project, is being talked about around the world because of that international artist component for the residency, came on my radar and way, way, way back in 2015 when that project was really taking off um, and I got in contact, um, came through the residency in 2019 and then it kind of timed really perfectly. I graduated with my master's in cultural management, did the um, full-time job search and landed in Flint, Michigan here as the director of placemaking, which is actually for me a dream job. Um, well, so tell us what that means, because I've heard the director of placemaking, I know you've made this place a much better place to live and the fun things you do, but what does that mean exactly? Um, so placemaking is a field that started in the 70s. Um, it was when streets uh, and cities were being planned for, um, for development. And um, in that time when city planners were coming together, they were focusing on the city center or the square, the market. Um, And then cities realized that they needed dynamic spaces, right? You needed public spaces that were dynamic, welcoming, inviting, programmed, paired with people, um, designed for and with people in mind, which it wasn't happening. Uh, So it grew in 2008 with the housing crisis. And then it really boomed, this word is um, buzzing around, during COVID with the invention of streeteries and outdoor kind of projects to make spaces um, spaces that are low, little to no risk for COVID. So placemaking is a process. It looks different depending on where you are. 
Um, it can be focused on creative placemaking, where the arts and music come to the forefront, or it can be an economic development focus, where small businesses and industry are the focus for a downtown program. Um, and so placemaking is this really exciting process to just manage public spaces in ways that people are included and thought about first instead of after the fact. Um, so for here in Flint, Michigan, when I say it's my dream job, it's the first time I've been able to do this in a full-time capacity um, in a professional position. So in the past, um, I took projects on under my own um, art company and took internships and field work and opportunities to learn um, all the different tools behind placemaking. And so um, I love and hate the word because I don't want it to be a barrier or sound like it's something fancier than it is. It's really the people who improve their public parks and spaces. It's people who are organizing concerts and cultural events in their neighborhoods or cities. Um, it's everyone that's making places really great for people. And so here in Flint, Michigan, the position is um, not just about projects, but also about resource management, right? There are, um, it's not deniable that there are barriers oftentimes for activating a city center. Permits, bureaucracy, and oftentimes um, finance can be just huge barriers for people who have great ideas on what they want to do in their city center. So what's so great about this professional position is about 40% of my time um, is resource management. So I write grants, I fundraise, I get sponsorships, and I also fill out a lot of paperwork. So I try to remove those barriers so that residents of Genesee County can very easily and in a way that's conducive to a positive and energizing experience, come up with ideas on how they want to play in their city center, and then I can uh, provide that administrative support. So that's placemaking in downtown Flint as a full-time professional. Um, and I'm just really happy to be here um, and bring what I call my placemaking toolbox, something I've been building for about 10 years since I started my hometown on my main street in Binghamton, New York, and upstate, um, just putting on events and cultural activities to bring the city center alive. Well, there are so many wonderful things in Flint. People don't even realize that if I travel outside the area, they always say to me, oh, Flint, Michigan, how's that water? How's that crime? How's that? I mean, it's always negative stuff. And I'm thinking, you don't realize what great people we have in Flint and how much we have to offer. I know you said when you first came to town, you went down like Buckham Alley and you thought, oh, it's a lip down here. You found so many positive things that Flint already had that you're working upon now. Tell us about some of those things. Yeah, and, and public transportation is one of them. I just remember in the past, um, placemaking, there's, there's kind of two, two ways to go about it, either people-oriented or object-oriented. So you see a lot of cities in town focusing on object-oriented, where they're putting up really cool bus shelters or improving the streetscape, um, artful benches, planters, um, stringing lights in alleys and paving them to make them spaces, putting up murals, right? These are all objects that can really enhance a space and make it. You think of the bean, you know you're in Chicago. You think of um, the Statue of Liberty, you know the place is New York City, right? That, that's a really powerful placemaking tool. And so, but the type I focus on and really just love the nuance and, of is people-focused placemaking. So that's taking spaces and pairing people with them. And so instead of putting a sculpture or a mural up, you're putting up a band or um, a, an author who's signing books. And so based on that people approach, 
Um, it's the people of Flint, Michigan that are the positive stories and real backbone and heart of such a special place. Um, I say it repeatedly, I've never seen so much raw talent concentrated in one place. Um, it's not unusual to have a lack of space and stages and venues and performance spaces and places that people can come and creatively express themselves, judgment-free zones. And so that's that paired with so much raw talent, it's really, really explosive to just right off the bat um, prioritize more stages, more places for performance, more venues, more spaces that encourage gatherment and creative expression. So what's so unique in Flint is the talent. There are visual artists, there are musicians from jazz to hip hop to kind of funk and reggae. You've got rock and roll, you've got a huge cottage industry and entrepreneurial sector candle makers, um, eyewear makers, shoe cleaners and makers, custom clothes and apparel. Like out of the 12 kind of areas of art and culture, Flint kind of checks each and every one of them, which is so unusual from my perspective as someone who looks for creative centers and looks to go to them and bring resources and placemaking process to them. So Flint is not just a beautiful downtown um, with great studios and things being built and made in the surrounding neighborhoods. It's, it's really the people. Um, and so it's a real pleasure to be here and, and pair people with place and put them and, and together work through this placemaking process. Well, I know people are familiar with the bigger things like Back to the Bricks. That could be almost like a placemaker right there because that is such, and the crim. And if I had the honor to be able to um, host the crim a couple of different years and uh, rip back up on that podium or really go you know, high up in the air to host it, looking yeah. down, I see tens of thousands of people. And the only way I agreed to do that is because MTA had free transportation from a place off South Saginaw Street that would take you right in to the organization, you know, drop you off the crim and come back and get you. I did not want to try to find the parking and leave my car there and try to find it. So some wonderful things are happening people just don't know about. Yeah. And so in part of my job, so placemaking is not at all new to Flint. Um, you have huge kind of signature placemaking projects like the move of the farmer's market and the Chevy Commons redevelopment. Um, you have um, on the ground placemaking projects like the porch project, the Flint public art project, the cultural activities Beats by Beers is putting on the Neighborhood Engagement Hub, right? The list goes on. But really when my position was created, it was meant to complement and supplement already existing activity and to diversify the types of activities. So food and drink are checked off in downtown. You can have those experiences. Health and fitness, more and more of that experience. Cars and affinity groups around that. But what about all the other reasons we want to gather? And the current kind of options, if you will, pre-COVID were not, was not meant for everyone. And so there's huge, and there's also huge gaps in the winter and spring and early summer. And so my position is meant to come in and bring in just small activities and activations. So I'm not meant to put on huge multi-thousand person festivals. I'm really here to put on fitness classes, walking tours, art markets, live music outdoors, uh, things like bringing basketball back downtown and reintroducing silent disco and projection arts. They're all things that are unusual to what is traditionally currently offered in city center and meant to show a year round full uh, calendar of activities. And Speaking so I'm, really, I'm just happy to have those traditions and anchors of the crim and back to the bricks 
bikes on the bricks, et cetera. But it's really the time to grow those types of experiences. And speaking of a calendar, didn't you say you have a calendar of events people can go to to see what's upcoming for the days, weeks, and months ahead? Yes. So um, we have a really great uh, link that we're putting on our social media. Our Facebook is the What's Up Downtown Project, and our Instagram is at Placemaking Flint. And we have a link tree. And when you click on that link, it just shows the full calendar, so it's up to date, to the minute, and then tickets. And that's kind of... um, a poorly phrased word because everything is mostly free. It just we want registration so that we can maintain the attendance numbers and prepare accordingly. Um, yesterday there was a big announcement about the limits um, on outdoor gatherings and restrictions being lightened and lessened. Um, so I, I knew I wanted to kind of stay ahead of that curve and the activities calendar is all outdoor activations. And so when I was planning this past winter, I knew the focus, once again, would be on outdoor spaces and activities. It's the lowest risk. It's little to no risk in terms of COVID, especially those who are fully vaccinated. So, yeah, that calendar is so great. It's got the registration links, descriptions, and all the different types of stuff that we have coming up. There's also room for more. Like I just said, um, the job is to bring it year-round and really make it a robust calendar. And everything I do is citizen-driven, so if someone out there has an idea or sees a date that's empty, please reach out to me so that we can add something to the calendar. Well, I know as I was doing theater, I met so many wonderful people, and I met a very talented man named Jason Briggs. We're still very good friends today, and he works over at the Flint Rep Center, and I know that he has something, a project going on. I'm not sure if you're aware of it. You probably are. I don't know if it's on your calendar yet, but it's about the murals downtown Flint, and then authors have made a five-minute little play about each one of them. Well, the MTA is going to provide the trolleys to take people to those murals. They can listen on their phone to hear that five-minute play. Is that already in your calendar for those dates and times? Um, What's Up does produce a lot of its own workshops and events, but also I've come to be positioned to just be an entry point for downtown. So when organizations want to put on their own events or individuals want to, it's really hard to navigate the space down here. There's different spaces, they're managed by different people, there's different processes. So I was contacted early on just to help navigate um, Reserving Brush Park for the launch for June 5th. So those are all on the calendar, and it's really great that it's launching in downtown and then pairing in the neighborhoods. And so that's a really important part of an active downtown is connectivity to the neighborhood. So I'm happy to see that project be a great example of that. Yes. So if somebody's wanting to see that particular project, or maybe they have their own they want to share with you and get on that calendar, or they just want to find out what else is on that calendar, tell us again the best way to find that calendar and get a hold of you. Yep. It's what's it's downtownflint.co forward slash hashtag calendar. Hmm. Um, so on our website, we have the calendar. I also said it's the link tree for what's up downtown that's posted on our social media and our Instagram. Um, and that link tree brings you right to that calendar um, or right to the event registration. And if you have an event that you want added on, just shoot me a message. My email is katieyellow at gmail.com. But now Katie is spelled a little differently. Katie is K-A-D-Y. How did that happen? Oh, my father uh, My father chose it because it rhymes with lady. Uh, oh. I'm <laughs> one of um, seven girls, and my I'm second to youngest, and my dad just thought it was going to be the name of a superstar. 
<laughs> well, you are a superstar here in Flint for us, for sure. <laughs> it sounds like a superstar. That's what I said, Katie Yellow. Sounds like it was almost a made-up name to be in Hollywood, so it fits you very well. It's very honorable to be in this community. I know how sometimes um, you go into a new place and you're positioning yourself as an authority or leader on activity, and it can be very, um, it's a very nuanced process. So it's so very important um, to be sure that it's done. Um, it's almost like going into a stranger's home, right? You don't just barge in and go to the refrigerator. Um, you really need to um, you talk to my boyfriend about that then, please. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking maybe some people do. Yeah, that's not the approach. Um, and I'm really just proud to be in Flint and be able to work with the community through this process. Um, it's so cool to watch people. So what also happens behind the scenes, Stephanie and Jay, is um, I get approached by an email, I get my cell phone rings a lot, and people say I have an idea. And I sit with them, and I see if it makes sense in one of these 10 outdoor spaces that my job is to activate. And so it's just really cool to watch their eyes and minds light up to go from idea to full execution. Um, so it's just a really rewarding process, and um, most of the time, it's just really fun to see that kind of sense of ownership that comes into play and some of the residual impact of the placemaking process. It's so important that people are connected with place and they feel a sense of ownership um, and that spaces are used. And so as time goes on, this process is implemented, we'll see hopefully just independent activity. Um, people not needing a permit, but just showing up in Riverbank Park to use it as a public park. That's really the end game and the goal that lots and lots of activities independently happening in city centers. Well, we really need you in place. It's so important you talked about this. I did theater before I got into radio. And theater, there's so many different plays going on at the same time. That I've always said we need a community calendar to know if there's something going on at U of M, the same time at Buckham Alley, the same time that the, maybe the Children's Youth Theater and Flint Community Players. You want to be able to space those out so you can see all the plays and not have them all happen at the same time. This calendar will help make that happen. And with That's the radio it. station, we would have, they would be concerts over there behind the Radisson on that next stage back there. And if people didn't know about it, they're missing on some free entertainment. So this is really important to have it all together in one calendar. So I'm glad you're doing this. Thank you. I want to check it out. Yeah, it's a huge part of the job. You know, it was discussed early on that there's all these separate calendars. And so one universal one is the goal. And it's also great for those who are planning, who either want to supplement or complement an already existing program and do a daytime activity, or who want a total a day where there's no activity going on. I know that in conversation, um, it can be, it can be um, intuitive to think one thing per day, that's all we need. But actually, if you check out the calendar for what's up, we're packing the days. We're doing morning exercise classes, afternoon concerts, evening um, social gatherings and markets. And so I'm a huge um, advocate for multiple experiences. When people come to downtown, they wanna have multiple experiences. They wanna have just unique and individual um, experiences one after another. And so that's what ultimately What's Up wants to build to, that there's a day where all 10 spaces that we help manage are activated and someone could move around city center and have a really dynamic day. And there's different options because you might not want to do everything. I know I used to love the um, art openings. You guys would have the art gallery openings. Yeah. It was always nice to walk around downtown Flint and go from one gallery to the other. And there were snacks and entertainment and people everywhere. And it was just so nice. I love. Are, are those still going on or probably on pause because of COVID? 
Yeah, a lot of that is on pause. And somehow, you know, in some ways, the, the models don't retrofit for COVID. So something like Art Walk that happens on second Friday in downtown Flint, um, it doesn't make sense for the galleries and museums to put their collections outdoors and do a street level Art Walk. Um, but, you know, one of the residents and a local artist saw the demand for Art Walk, and we're actually launching a new program called First Fridays. Um, and it's going to be kind of an outdoor version of Art Walk. So we're going to activate Brush Alley as a main kind of headquarters point. And we're going to encourage businesses and artists to activate the sidewalks and streets on that day. And so it's outdoors. It's little to no risk. Um, very similar, there's a new kind of series starting. We're going to start a night market at the farmer's market on first Thursday. Um, so Tony Wu is like leading it. that project. We're just going to bring some vendors and some jazz music into the parking lot for a drive-in experience. And then we're also launching um, a summer series of concerts at the amphitheater in Riverbank Park. So again, all those dates and times will be on the calendar, but it's just really great innovative thinking about how to gather during a pandemic with a focus on outdoors and socially distance. Um, and that's some events that work in the past, right? Like the CRIM. It's really almost impossible to retrofit. So with the programming you see on our calendar, uh, when I sat down at the table with the residents and had their ideas, I really challenged each other to think about the gathering restrictions during COVID. And so we just landed time and time again on the outdoors. That's where to meet up right now. That's where to be. That's the place to be. So um, you'll see just so much great outdoor activity on that calendar. And I'm sure you know this, but MTA provides free rides on the trolley. So you can go with the trolley rides all throughout downtown Flint. They'll pick you up at the at the um, the farmer's market and take you all throughout Flint. You can hop on, hop off, and there's no cost for that. So I love that MTA is so, so instrumental in trying to help people do things like that. Yes, absolutely. And I was saying earlier about how you've got object-oriented placemaking. Sometimes you have to go in and public transportation isn't accessible in city centers, right? It can happen. And so when I came to Flint and I saw the alleys were already lit and paved and that there was already public transportation, I thought we could get right to the fun and not spend years and <laughs> years trying to get that kind of, that groundwork laid down. So I just love operating in downtown Flint because all the amenities are here. I love that too. Thank I'm proud. I think Jay, aren't you proud to work for MTA as well? Absolutely. Well, you know, they're hiring right now too, which is really helpful. So Katie, if you know of anybody or anybody listening might need a job, might like to have a career at MTA, they do something every single Wednesday right now. It was like a fun fact. And this is why I love to share because every single Wednesday from two until three, there is a lot. You can just call up, dial in and talk to an actual person that's going to tell you about the job offers, like the, the different options that are out there, what it might entail, how much it might pay, what they expect from you or what you can expect from them. And that's so helpful. A lot of times we'll apply for jobs having no idea what it pays, having no idea what they're really looking for or what you want to do. And every single Wednesday at two o'clock, you can do that. And all that information is on our website, mtaflint.org. That's mtaflint.org. And you can share it to anybody you have and put that on your calendar if you want, because they're hiring right now. And you can work in the city of Flint. You can work for MTA. It's just, it's nice to have options that you can work and have some income. Who doesn't like that, right? And yeah, I love MTA. They'll they'll hire you. You can be full-time or part-time. And with full-time, you get your paid vacation for your birthday. You get that off. You get a week's paid vacation right away and you get um, benefits. And if you don't want to take the benefits, they can give you the cash. Really, there's no excuse not to be able to work and find a job because they're needing drivers and workers right now. So check it out, mtaflint.org. Sounds like a commercial, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's good to see. Actually, there's a lot of jobs in Flint right now. There's a hashtag starting called hashtag Flint hiring because um, there's just so many opportunities out there right now. And so 
Um, I'm excited to see to see that. I think that that screens robust activity, um, economic development, and opportunity. Well, we sure appreciate your time. We know you're super busy because you're trying to make Flint a better area to live in and more fun and all the fun things you're doing for us. So we don't want to keep you any longer, but we thank you for being with us and sharing all this valuable information. Is there anything else you want to share that you didn't get a chance to talk about? No, just thank you so much to our supporters. Um, we are grant funded through the Mott Foundation, the Community Foundation, Greater Flint Arts Council. We've gotten some support from Michigan Great Places. Uh, we've gotten grants from the city, the state, and we might even have a good national grant coming down the pipeline announcement. So just stay tuned. Thanks so much to our donors from the crowdfund. We just crowdfunded 20 grand to support these activities. And so just with a diverse um, funding portfolio, I can't thank sponsors, supporters, grantors enough for supporting this kind of unusual take on how to activate a downtown through a citizen-driven placemaking process. So thanks so much. Check us out on Instagram at Placemaking Flint. And Facebook is the What's Up Downtown Project. I'm going to check it on Facebook. So if somebody's listening, they want to volunteer, or they do want to sponsor, or they do want to learn more about it, that's the best place to go is just Facebook, maybe the What's Up Downtown Project. Our, our website is downtownflint.co. So downtownflint.co, and that has our get involved application on it. So I can ideas can come through there, or volunteers can come through there, um, and all of our information and social media is there on our website. And that valuable calendar as well, right? Yes. <laughs> I know that was a lot of work. We should have put one together before, and it was just so much to do. It changed constantly. Yes, so it does change a lot. I found a really great feature though in a Facebook events that you can directly add it to a calendar because the back end for me is just a Google calendar. And so when the updates are made, they're made simultaneously, which is just brilliant. So um, happy to have that feature. You got to love technology. Yeah. <laughs> and Jay knows he works in the IT department here at MTA. So yep. we definitely look to him for so many problems. So thank you too, Jay. We appreciate you being there. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Oh, uh, you bet. Well, I'll see you on about, I'm sure. As soon as things open up even more, I'll see even more of you. But We'll stay in contact and we thank you. So thank you all for listening as well. If you have any questions, you heard Katie, just go ahead and send her an email or you know what? You can send us one too. And Jay, how do they get a hold of us? They can just send us an email at on the road at mtaflint.org. Thanks for listening. We hope that you learned something today or it helped you out. And if you want to listen next week, you might find something more very interesting. We have so many fun things coming up. I'm so excited. So thanks for listening. Stay safe. And You've been listening to On the Road with the MTA. For more information on our services and community outreach, visit us online anytime at www.mtaflint.org. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The MTA, your community, your connection, your way.